You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I am the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher talk about loyalty structures and why it can feel impossible to share our stories of harm. They make it clear that sharing a story doesn't mean going public. It means having at least one person who can offer safe and compassionate care, bringing healing and freedom to our lives today. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. How are you? I'm doing good today. How are you doing? Doing great. Great to be here with you. <laughs> Always good to be with you. Yeah. Today, we are tackling a topic that we're just so aware of how sensitive it is. We're going to look at this question for our episode five. And that question is, why do we stay loyal to those who have harmed us? Big question, big topic, very serious. And uh, we just want to kind of give the, the heads up that we are going to cover a lot today. So um, get ready for the fire hose effect. Yeah, this has been a big issue for both of us, right? That we have had to face whether or not to break loyalty. So kind of as we get started, we want to just really clarify what are we talking about here today? Yeah. And the idea of breaking loyalty and being curious even about what loyalty is. Yeah. And I know as we had many conversations before we decided to just process this conversation out loud, yeah. I love what you came up with when you were looking at what loyalty is. So thanks, Candice. I, I think um, when I think about loyalty, I think about there's kind of two aspects, right? There's the aspect of loyalty being a quality that we admire when we are loyal to our family or friends, like when we will stand up and defend them and have their back. And that kind of loyalty is there's a basis of love. There's a basis of mutuality and commitment and care. That kind of loyalty is the, the quality that we hold onto. And like, we want that in our relationships. What we're really talking about here today is another aspect of loyalty. And these are like the structures or that demand loyalty, when that is really a means of control, a means of silencing us, a means of protecting a system. Mm -hmm. So most likely we're talking here about loyalty structures in the family, in our families of origin, when we were young and when we are considering breaking loyalty or, and I'll even use the word like betraying loyalty, because sometimes that's what we're accused of. Mm -hmm. It's when we come to this place where we know that we are allowing someone to have control over us even years later, when there's been harm done, and we need to tell those stories in order to heal. Mm -hmm. But we don't tell them because talking about it makes us feel like we're not being loyal to our parents or our siblings or whoever, right? Like, it's that but but what we want to be really clear on here is that this aspect of loyalty is not based on love and mutuality and care and commitment. It's the demand for loyalty that comes out of a desire for them to control 
the family secrets or the family harm. Mm -hmm. And so as we talk today about and even encourage that there are times when we want to and need to break loyalty, Mm -hmm. that is the structure of loyalty that we're really talking about here. Yeah, because those stories of harm are healed when we bring them into the light and they are told. We're not talking about telling them to a group of people necessarily or publicly, but that we do have someone who can contain those stories with kindness and curiosity and safety. And they know how to engage those stories of harm where we are able to break the loyalty structure and because it it's anxiety producing, right? Like it, it really does produce, actually, I feel anxiety right now a little bit. I'm, I'm just noticing yeah. that even talking about thinking about the times that I started stepping out and doing that was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you're naming that Candace, how you are being aware of what's going on in your body. And I'd love to actually go down that trail of like, so what is it that you're, let's, let's just go there real quickly. So like, as you noticed that anxiety, what did you notice? What were you feeling in your body? Well, I noticed my heart rate, you know, started to increase and just that little bit of pressure on my chest. Yeah. And so being able to, you know, put my hand on my chest and say, my desire to share is for my own healing. Yeah. This, this isn't about harming other people and sharing. Right. It's about bringing to light the truth of stories that contain harm and abuse Yeah, to be able to be healed. I love that. And I am, and just, and I'll just give you the reminder, like take a couple of deep breaths And um, because yes, as we're talking about this, like we want to say a couple of things really loud and clear. When you begin to break loyalty and share your stories of harm, we are not saying go to a public place and do this. Like, no, (laughs) we are saying find a place of safety. Find a place that is private. Find a place and a person that is a protection for you. Like this is not about harming somebody else or blaming or embarrassing or humiliating people who have harmed us. This is about us making the choice to do the work that will bring healing Mm -hmm. to our body, to our soul, to our spirit. And usually I would say, I, I could even say always, I believe that that is first and foremost done in a place that is private and safe and carefully chosen. Even a lot of times our friends aren't able to hold these stories well. It's those people who have done the work and gone before us. So probably a therapist or a story coach or someone who has the ability to hold these stories well. Yeah, because even when we start to tell these stories, we are specifically talking about stories of, of childhood harm. So we we do know that there are stories that will go public and that's not what we're talking about at this point. Yeah, right. And and I do want to just say that in our next episode, I Candace and I will be processing one of my stories of harm. And, and it's a story where there is a lot of harm and violence and neglect and 
And I will just say like, it's taken me a long time before I am going public. I've never gone public with my stories ever. And after really 30 years that I have been working on my healing from my trauma, 30 years, three decades, I am now making the choice with very careful deliberation and preparation to do that in a public way, but not because I want to hurt somebody, not retaliation or revenge or anything like that. It is 100% for the sake of Candace and I are bringing our voices into the world because we want to be a place where others can see and experience the pathway that leads to healing. So with, with all of that kind of as our prelude to what we want to talk about today, Candace, you were sharing with me a story of, of a time when you early on, when you chose to break loyalty. And I was wondering if you would want to just share a little bit about that today. Sure. I, I'll share briefly that in my early 20s, as a college student, I ended up sharing a story of harm. And that situation actually didn't turn out very well. The person that I thought was safe was not safe. And so, you know, what that did was send me back into hiding, yeah. sent me back to, yeah, this, this isn't safe to do this. And it was, you know, many, many years later that I finally encountered someone that could truly help me in some of my stories of harm. And just thinking about the first time that I began sharing those stories with her, with my story coach Mm -hmm. and her response of really what was going on in those stories of harm and helping me name and see things. And I just got curious, like, why didn't I tell anyone? Mm -hmm. You know, I have multiple stories where I was taken advantage of and overpowered and silenced. And so I just really began to be curious about why do we stay loyal? as kids. And then what does that look like as we get older in our kind of our, this, it's a bind that we end up in. Like we've got to tell these stories to get healed and they terrify us to tell them. So important. And, and I want to just highlight, like, I think there are three and thanks for sharing that Candace, really. Thank you for sharing that. And for just giving us that glimpse, right. Of the experience of having shared your story with somebody who did not hold it well and, 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 and should have, and then later, much later coming and trying again and finding somebody who was able to hold your story well and help you process it and then help you even find healing. And, um, but I think, yeah, the big question is why, why do we maintain loyalty when that loyalty is actually hurting us? Because when we remain loyal to those those structures of control that silence our voice and prevent us from saying the things that need to be said so that our body and our soul and our spirit can actually heal. We need to think about why. And I, and I see like three big reasons. One is like fear. We're just afraid as a child. Many times we were actually told verbally, if you ever tell anybody something bad is going to happen to you or 
somebody else in the family. Mm -hmm. So the verbal threats, um, a lot of times that shame is just embedded, right? We, we are programmed to, to be pressed down. And so we carry that shame of if I were to tell no one would believe me, or perhaps we did tell somebody and we got a backlash, but, but just fear and shame. And, and then I think like just the pressure to maintain the family system. We grew up knowing that our, our security and our very survival depended on. These are things that we don't talk about. We may or may not remember being told that, but somehow innately we knew we don't talk about it. And so here we are, you know, 20 years later, 30 years later, you know, 60 years later, whatever. And we recognize that, hey, here's a story of harm that I have just kept in secret. But I think there's some stuff here that has to be processed. It can really be hard to come to the place where we bring that story forward because the fear and the shame are just overwhelming to us. So we really acknowledge that, you know, there are some real barriers that are are in our way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just thinking of part of that family loyalty or the, you know, that attachment that we have with our family. So a lot of times we do see some goodness. We have some fun memories, some good memories. And so we just like, it's almost like, let's just think about that. Like we know this other stuff happened, but let's just hold on to these other things that were good. The problem is when there are things that aren't working in our lives, you know, it, it's like a hidden cancer. Okay. And then we realize, okay, we're starting to have some issues. We're going to go to the doctor to find out what's wrong. We're going to get help. We're going to bring that story that I don't know why I'm so tired all the time, or I have this pain to get help and to get healing. It is the same with these stories of harm that have remained in our bodies emotionally, in our soul, and spiritually. And so we have to live in the tension that, yes, there was some good, and yes, there were things that harmed us and we need healing from. Yeah, and I love your your illustration of cancer, right? And in our society, like if you have cancer, you can go to the doctor and you will get extravagant care, expensive, no holds barred of what will be done to eradicate that harm to your body. And yet we don't often have that same kind of care or consideration about the emotional and psychological things that have affected us. We're talking a lot on this podcast about developmental trauma, the the trauma that we encountered very early in life that actually affected the way that we developed in our personality, in the ways that we relate to people, in our beliefs about ourselves and about our worthiness Mm -hmm. to be loved or to have attachment and, and all of these things that are so important. And as we think about, you know, like when does it become necessary to break loyalty. And and I love what you're saying here. Like, yes, when we begin to recognize that 
there are some things that are standing in my way. Maybe it's that ongoing relationship problem that, you know, I can't seem to ever get the breakthroughs. Or when we begin to realize that there are barriers that we want to overcome, and no matter what we have tried, we can't seem to press through. It might be time to look at, am I willing to share some of my stories of harm so I can get to the foundations and the roots so that they can be healed? You know, we're just aware that we have listeners that maybe have already started this journey of sharing and are starting starting to see like, okay, there, there's beautiful purpose in this, right? This isn't about just bringing up the past to be in self-pity or whatever. In fact, that, that has kept people from not sharing and getting the healing that they need. Yeah. But we also have listeners who have never shared a story of harm, even though they have them. And yeah. our hope and our prayer is, is that these conversations, it's not putting a demand on you that you have to do this. Yeah. But we do pray that it could maybe stir up your curiosity of what could happen if you did find those people who can help you in your stories of harm. Yeah. Invitation. Like we are just putting the invitation out there. And I and I wanted to ask you, Candace, because you have broken the loyalty, not not publicly, but privately and in in your community, like you have shared some stories. I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit here. What would you say are, are, what is something that you are experiencing in your life now that you would say is the result of making that decision to talk about some of your stories of harm? So like a year ago or two years ago, you began sharing some of your stories of harm. Two years later, what, what, what are, what's one or two breakthroughs that you would say you are experiencing now that are a direct result of breaking loyalty? Mm -hmm. I just love that question. (laughs) And I just love the answer that I have. Yeah. And I'm just feeling even in my body, this goodness of being able to know that there's been other eyes and ears bear witness of stories that I only was able to interpret on my own. Yeah. And interpreting those stories on my own has not been good. Yeah. Because it's caused me to believe messages about the core of who I am. That's not true. Yeah. And so bringing those stories into the light with you and our story group sisters and listening to the feedback and seeing the eyes and hearing the voice, it opened up my eyes to a truer story, a healing story, and a story that my grief and my anger has been very valid. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good enough answer for you, but yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to come back. I'm, I'm going to share something from my own because I want you to think about it, but I want you to go up. About the, I love what you said about like just validating, like honoring the anger that you have felt about the harm done to you, the, the anger and the, the rage, you know, and, and, and then the commitment to keep pressing through. But I want you to get that one step more to tell us what are you experiencing now that you weren't experiencing before you did story work? 
I'm going to just give you a second to think about that because <laughs> I want to share something for myself. Well, I don't um, know. I feel like you're leading me. I have several things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Well, yeah. no, I'll just, I'll just share that I'm, I'm showing up feeling courageously humbled mm. to share these stories, to do this podcast in a way that I couldn't have done before. I wished I could say I never feel shame, mm. but that shame is being dismantled. Yeah. The hope of that I am only getting more free is yeah. growing and growing. Yeah. I love that courage and hope and freedom. I love, love those words. What was coming to my mind as even as I was asking you the questions and I, I wasn't meaning to lead you in terms of like, I didn't have a particular <laughs> thought in mind, but I think I want our listeners to hear the hugeness. So like one of the things that I will say for myself, that even a question that, that my coach asked me last week was, are your feelings of being unworthy to be loved? Are they quieting enough to the point where now you're at a place where you can really expect to be loved? And it really took me aback. It was hard for me to just robustly say, yes, I expect the people in my world to love me. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I paused, I hesitated and my eyes filled with tears. And um, because feeling unworthy to be loved is something that I have really felt so profoundly and that I have felt through my life, like I have to work for earning um, love or earning people to offer me time or, you know, every good gift comes with a price, right? Like I, I really have ha held that belief that every good gift comes with a price and expecting to be loved is like, I'm showing up. I might show up in a bad way. Like I did, you know, last week, Candice, you know, with our community, like I showed up with, with some heaviness and, and one of the women said like your need to sob is welcome here. To me, like that was such a gift of love just offered. I, I'm, I'm beginning after all this time, even in work, like I am beginning to really believe that I can expect love, expect to be loved. And that's been a lot, that's huge. And that's been a long time in coming. Yeah. And I'm just so aware that I've been with you for two years. And so I've been able to see and experience that little girl who did yeah. not feel worthy to be loved yeah. start to show up in ways that I, I love her expectation to be loved. Yeah. You know, because we want to lavish you with love. Yeah. And those parts that were harmed and came to believe the message that she wasn't worthy to be loved. And I just thank you so much for naming that and sharing that because when we've had harm, when we've been abused, that's going to be one of the most powerful messages that, yeah. that evil will send our way. We're not worthy to be loved. And it's a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. Yeah. So as we wrap up and I, I don't want to wrap up because uh, I wish we could keep going here for, for a lot more minutes, but I have loved this conversation. And 
breaking loyalty is always hard and it's usually necessary. Mm-hmm. And so what I really want to say to our listeners as we wrap up is that we know that it's a bind. There's part of us that does not want to do this. And then there's another part that knows that we may need to walk toward this. And what I want to say to our listener is like, you are worthy of care, of really tender, exquisite, specific care given to the details of the harm that you endured. And Candace and I have both experienced this and it has radically changed our lives. And that's what we want for our listeners. Candace, thanks for um, doing the work that enables you to be here today and be a, and, and able to offer this goodness to me and to others. Like I love that you have done and are doing the work. Yeah. And I can say the same thing to you. Yeah. Thank you for doing the work. That continues to bring so much goodness and healing, not only to yourself, Mm. but now to your sisters and story group and now to our listeners. Yeah. I love you, Cher. I love you too, friend. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, Take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audistory LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.